Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Renault Runway event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drada, Dundalk and Cavan. Save thousands across the range for the new year. You're very welcome to Tuesday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Big thank you to Joan Larkin, who was in the hot seat on Friday, and to Gavin Duffy, who popped in at the last minute yesterday. Thanks a million, Gavin. I heard it's like riding a bike. You might be off it for a few years, but once you get back on, away you go. Thanks again to Joan and Gavin for keeping the show on the road. Welcome to Tuesday's show. Great to be back with you again. Let me just remind you that a little later on, Rachel Graham is back with us. She was fantastic about a month ago when she came in. She's a nutritional therapist and medicinal chef. And today, folks, she's going to be talking about boosting your immune system, good gut health. And if you've been on a course of antibiotics or had the flu, what to do nutritionally. If you have any questions, do send them in to us. Remember the numbers 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. So you can call in on 1850-715-958. I'll tell you this, I'll never forget my interview with Tommy Reichenthal many moons ago when the Holocaust survivor joined me here in studio on Late Lunch. His story is inspirational, but a salutary lesson to all of us of man's inhumanity to man. Tommy returns to the North East tomorrow to the Barbican in Drogheda, where he's going to give a talk to students from secondary schools in Dundalk, RD and Drogheda. They're all coming there tomorrow morning at 11. It's a sold-out gig and it's going to be a fantastic occasion, I know, for all the young people. And Tommy joins me on the line. Tommy, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Thank you for taking my call again. And as I said at the beginning there, I'll never forget when we met many moons ago. Can I ask you this to start with, Tommy? Um, You came to prominence more than a decade ago with your story in this country. Is it more important than ever now to keep telling that story? Absolutely. Now the Holocaust is a very um, popular subject uh, because we are encountering uh, more or less the same problem uh, that uh, happened in late 1930s and beginning of 1940s when the Jewish people wanted to escape Europe and they, um, uh, nobody wanted them. We have the same situation now with the refugees. They're also escaping uh, um, murder, rape and and um, persecution, and nobody wants them either. But also, the the rise of racism and and anti-Semitism in Europe and in America is on the rise. 
and we have to remind the people that uh, it looks like the, the the history is repeating itself. So we we have to be very careful uh, in these times. Uh, what is going to happen? And the education is one of the most important parts of of uh, doing it, uh, especially for young people. Uh, we're talking about uh, here in Ireland uh, last week. It was about bullying, general bullying. Now we're talking about racial bullying. So all these things are sort of piling up. And uh, my uh, lecture that I give to to students and warn them when they see a bullying in their school, which which does happen. I know many people uh, reminded me of it uh, that they don't become bystanders. They have to get involved and stop it because if we don't stop it, uh, suddenly we realize it's too late. So. Uh, the Holocaust reminder, uh, when I speak uh, uh, to students, it's today very, very important. And as you mentioned there, it, it can begin in, in, in the school grounds as uh, children play and develop from there. Can I ask you this? You mentioned racism and anti-Semitism being on the rise. You, you have heard also in the background these Holocaust deniers becoming more vocal. Where is that coming from, Tommy? Who's driving that? I, I, I really don't know. I can only say that these people... Some of them <laughs> never met a Jewish person, and uh, they're, they're, they're speaking about things like the expert, uh, and basically the Jew haters, they're, they're trying to um, raise their head if, uh, with all the things that are happening around with the right-wing element are um, coming for and um, they getting uh, listening to ears and uh, uh, it is dangerous but uh, I can only say that these people are just uh, Jew haters and uh, of course racist and uh, they tell you with these, these stories and trying to tell people that the uh, Holocaust didn't happen but I can tell you I was there. It did happen. And that's that's the important thing when I'm speaking about the Holocaust and going to school to make sure that people remember that the Holocaust did happen. I was there. I suffered there. And it's true. And the, it, it is coming into prominence, people, you know, putting it out there like yourself. You know, Heather Morris's book, The Tattooist of Auschwitz, has been a, a massive international bestseller. I spoke to her recently about Leil Sakhalov. And, of course, uh, you mentioned the, the, the plight of refugees. The Beekeeper of Aleppo is another book that's riding high among the bestsellers as well. A, a story about refugees being driven from their homeland and travelling across Europe. So there is... There is, like yourself, there are people who want to keep this to the forefront. Absolutely. And these people that are coming, they're not coming because they like Ireland or they like Germany or, 
or they are simply looking for a safe place to live. These people are professional. They can be very useful for the economy in the country. And I think we should do more for them. Help them. Please, God, when the country will be liberated and and uh, the life will return to normality, they probably will go back anyway. But, uh, you know, especially the Irish, uh, they went all over the place uh, when we had a famine here and all the troubles, and they were welcome everywhere. So we should be more welcoming as well to these people, integrate them into the society, and uh, they will be very useful citizens like everybody else, and um, help uh, uh, to develop the the economy of the country. But um, unfortunately, you know, lately we had uh, such outbursts here in Ireland, uh, in West of Ireland, uh, officials uh, openly uh, come out and split the society, uh, actually, in the town. Uh, I mean, it's very sad that these things are happening in a country like Ireland. So it saddens you when these different uh, things happen, like Uchtarard and Galway, we've seen Ballinamore and Leitrim lately, other places as well, Ruski. All these uh, situations sadden you, and you're appealing to people to open their hearts, open their towns and villages. Absolutely, absolutely. These people are uh, not uh, uh, whatever people think they are. They are decent, hardworking, and uh, professional people because ordinary people can't afford to escape. They haven't got the means to escape. These people that are escaping, these are professional uh, people that, that can afford it. So we're not taking anybody here that would be burdened, uh, they eventually will be useful uh, uh, part of the society. And uh, I don't know why people are so afraid. Uh, uh, Ireland is a wealthy country. I know we have problems. Uh, there is housing problem. But we must not mix two, two separate things. There is a problem with refugee and there is a problem with housing. These are two separate things that have to be uh, tackled and solved. But uh, it's unfortunately these things get sort of uh, inter uh, uh, together and then people are up in arms and uh, uh, that's not right. And I think the officials that dealing with it, uh, they are professional people. They should know better. The schools you meet uh, and the uh, young people you talk to, and you will be in the Barbican in Drogheda tomorrow, um, w- when you talk to them and, and, and how you're received and afterwards, what do, what do young people make of your story and what you tell them? I think, I think it's just amazing. You know, uh, obviously they get uh, uh, lessons about uh, the Holocaust, which is uh, not not much really, and the teacher they try to do the best uh, job out of it. But of course, when they meet somebody that actually is part of the uh, 
uh, history that happened not long ago, which is 75 years ago, and uh, I speak uh, that there are tension and tension. It's just incredible. The people are concentrating. They want to know it. And they're listening. Then afterwards, the questions they're asking are really very interesting because uh, you can see that they, they actually listened and they, uh, they want to know more. And it is important that uh, we speak to the young people because uh, uh, all in all, Holocaust did not start with uh, gas chamber. It started with whisper, uh, dubbing and taunt and abuse. The, the, the murder was the last stage. But we have to stop it at the, at the whisper stage. If, they, if somebody sees somebody uh, doing to somebody else because he's foreign or different religion or different color skill, uh, he shouldn't become a bystander and, and uh, not do anything about it. He has to report it to, to the teacher, and if nothing happened to the authority, we have to stop it before it's too late. Yes, it's such a good point to make. It starts small, but it gathers momentum. And as you said, what happened was the the end point of, of what began as a small situation. You're a fantastic man into your 80s now and you're going strong and you obviously love doing what you do and you're going to continue this for as long as you can, Tommy. Absolutely. It's not a question that I love it, but uh, I lost uh, many members of my family, around 35 uh, people, people that I knew one day I said goodbye to them and I never saw them again. I think I owe it to them that their memory is not forgotten. And I remind them, I keep the memory of the Holocaust Going, I, I want to add that uh, on the 28th of uh, November, I'm being presented with Human Rights Person of the Year by the Bar of Ireland, which is a huge honor to me uh, that uh, I was chosen as the Human Rights Person of the Year. And uh, I'm just grateful that uh, people are listening to me and people uh, obviously uh, know about me because when I get a phone call and and they tell me, you know, you were chosen uh, to be Human Rights Person of the Year uh, by Bar of Ireland, uh, you know, I just, just absolutely stunned. And when I asked the secretary, how do you know about me, what I'm doing? And she just jokingly said, who doesn't know about you? So even though I'm doing what I'm doing, it's, it's, uh, uh, it has its purpose, uh, as I said, and uh, people are listening and people are watching. It is very important today. It's more important than any time uh, before. Absolutely, Tommy. Listen, lovely to catch up with you. I'll leave it there today. Good luck in the barbican tomorrow. You're in for a, a very attentive audience, I can tell you, with schools from Dundalk, RD and Drogheda. And keep telling the story and congratulations on the award. You're a wonderful, wonderful man. 
Yeah, thank you very much and thank you for having me on the programme. Not at all. You're very welcome. Take care, Tommy. That's Tommy Reichenthal there talking to us uh, from his home in Dublin today. An amazing man, an amazing man. And as you heard there, he will keep telling the story in memory of all those people that he lost. And you couldn't but be, but be moved by what happened, as Tommy says, within living memory for many people as well. And I think I mentioned to you before, I'm heading to... Uh, to um, Auschwitz uh, shortly and I'm looking forward to that visit even though I'm a little bit apprehensive about it as well but I'm going there uh, to experience uh, you know the aftermath all these years later of what was left behind by the Nazis and Tommy makes the point there in this world today on both sides of the Atlantic there is danger there's danger in Europe there's danger in America all over the place in fact when you look at the world but it's something that we all must stand up to and make our mark and not allow the whispering campaigns begin in the schoolyards, in company or among our friends. Got a postcard when I arrived back in the office today from Tara Molinos. It's the middle of November. What's somebody doing sending me a postcard? And then I realised, ah, it's Barbara. Barbara Riley's on the line. Hello, Barbara. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm very good. Well, let's remind listeners of your story. You'd never been out of the country on a holiday. Never, no. Never been on an aeroplane. Never been through an airport. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, well. How would you uh, rate your experience? Uh, The holiday was absolutely brilliant, yeah. Weather fantastic. Enjoyed it. It was uh, just when we were going through Dublin Airport. That's where my experience was a bit scary. <laughs> what happened to you? Uh, just going through, you know the way, uh, going through security. And uh, I walked on, oblivious. I didn't realise this red light was flashing up over me. <laughs> and uh, you won, uh, the lady came after me and she made me put my legs uh, out, my arms out, and uh, she scanned me from my feet up to my head. <laughs> That was brilliant. Went down through anyhow. My son, my daughter-in-law and uh, my husband, all our baskets, we were waiting on them to come through. Uh, My husband, uh, my son, my daughter-in-law, everyone's come through by mine. And I said, where's my basket gone, you know? (laughs) We were after lifting my basket, bringing it over and checking the basket. And I was there standing, oh my God, what did I do wrong? (laughs) Like, you know? Yeah. But um, then my husband, being the prankster that he is, stood behind me. Like, the other three were standing behind me, and I was standing there waiting on my basket come. So my husband came over behind me and put his hand on his shoulder, and he said to me, would you please come with me? And I went, <laughs> I just, oh, I, and I didn't have a heart attack on the spot. <laughs> I nerd died. Oh, Barbara, come on. Oh. What did he do that for? Anyway, you got your, your, your uh, little tray with your belongings, I yes? I did, yeah, yeah. Everything was perfect. I don't know what triggered it off and that, like. So uh, I didn't realise, like, you know, when you walk through, this like a slash, like, you know. And yeah. one comes after me then and says, sorry, I have to check you. <laughs> Oh, I was mortified. mortified. Anyway, you, you got through eventually and, and okay. off you went. But here's the thing. You see, I think you have a gene called the never been out of the country before yes. gene in your body. And the thing picked that up. Oh, it must have. Maybe it was just I was so nervous. The fact that I knew I was going on an aeroplane, I was so nervous about that. Yeah. Not alone letting that happen. Like, you know, but to look, I got over it. 
We had a ball when we got there and enjoyed every minute of it. So there you are. You've broken your duck. Will you go again? Oh, I will, yeah. No, well, we were down there. We did a good few places. We went into Balmedina. We went to Malaga. We went down to... Uh, you've heard the monkeys. Where did you call that? <laughs> oh, down... Yeah. Did you go right down to Gibraltar? No? Gibraltar. Yes. Where we went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went yeah. to see the monkeys in the caves. So we got a good bit in while we are away, wasn't it? Good, good. up the pool and whatever. Yeah, so there you are. Now, 2020 is uh, not far away. Get your plans ready and off you go again. Oh, I'll be up, up and away. Great stuff, Barbara. <laughs> Lovely to talk to you today. Wish you well. Thanks for the card, Barbara. No bother, Jerry. Take Thank care you. of yourself. Bye-bye. 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 Thanks a million. That's uh, Barbara Riley there. Never been away before. Sent me the card, as she promised she'd do. And despite a little bit of a, a little incident on the way out at the security, she made it and enjoyed it. And she'll be gone again. The goo is on her. You can hear it there. Hey, how would you like to win a fantastic George Foreman grill? It's worth about 70 quid. Briscoe's expert, Drogheda, are 55 years in business and their massive Black Friday sale starts tomorrow. And to celebrate, they are giving away today a George Foreman grill, 70 quid it's worth. Go over to our Facebook page, the LMFM Facebook page, uh, and you can enter there and win the prize. That's the prize from Briscoe's today. 55 years in business. Isn't that fantastic? Have you got a George Foreman grill, Louise? I do. And do I use you? it all the time. It's actually uh, one of those things in the kitchen that I couldn't do without. Really? I cook everything on it. Chicken fillets, from cheese sandwiches, toasties, wraps, everything. Honestly. I don't have one. I thought you'd got one. Do you know and you're talking to Gadget Man here, remember. I got a little one, all right. It's still in the box. I, uh, yeah, I got no, a little one. You get the family one. I need a bigger one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The little thing I have wouldn't do a rasher. <laughs> Honestly, God. Some rashery that you Oh, buy. no, I'm not joking. This is a <laughs> tiny little thing. I got it as a gift for taking out insurance with somebody. And it's the smallest you ever saw. You know, George oh, Formby. You know, they're known as George Formby grills. Mm. Sorry, you know, that's the, the play on the name. Oh. George Foreman, of course, is the name of the grill. So you wouldn't be without it. Highly no, recommend it. No, to God, that is there the one go. thing in the kitchen I couldn't be without. From anything from sandwiches, as I said, to chicken fillets. It's just so handy. And cooks and all the grease and that flows out. And Yeah, you have a little tray that catches the, the grease. It's better yeah. for you. There you go. Get onto that LMFM Facebook page now as soon as you can and you could win one of them grills and you'll be as healthy looking as Louise Walsh. <laughs> I said I cooked on it. I didn't say it was for me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's head to uh, news and weather at two o'clock and late lunch today and reminding you that Rachel Graham is with us next. She's such an interesting lady and we're going to be talking about boosting your immune system, good gut health and what to do after the flu or a course of antibiotics. My next guest returns to late lunch today. You see, she was such a big hit first time round. Lots of questions from yourselves. I found her so interesting and I'm delighted to welcome her back. She's a nutritional therapist and medicinal chef. Rachel Graham, it's really good to see you again. Thank you so much, Sherry. I'm delighted to be back again. And I'm delighted to have you with us as well. Now today, if you want to put a question to Rachel, you're quite welcome to do so across the nutritional spectrum. 086 1800 658 WhatsApp or text. Text us now, or you can call in on 1850-715-958. The premise of what we're going to talk about today is boosting our immune systems full stop, right across the year, just not at this time of the year. Yeah, 
Exactly. So really, there's so many things you can do to future proof your health all year round before you actually wait for this time of the year um, when you're more susceptible to colds and flus. So and there's so much that you can do with your diet. So including, uh, for example, certain nutrients that really boost your immune system. So the likes of which would be things very simple things like vitamin C. So it's an oldie, but a real goodie. Um, because you can get that from the usual sources that we think of vitamin C from like oranges and lemons and including those in your diet. But also things like uh, kiwis actually have more vitamin C than lemons and oranges. So do red peppers, uh, broccoli and kale. So your greens also really, really important and very high in vitamin C. So vitamin C is a really important antioxidant and antioxidants are absolutely key for kind of neutralizing as what I think of them as the exhaust fumes of life. So all of the things that we're constantly, you know, bombarded by in our daily lives from environmental toxins and pollutants to food allergens uh, to um, just chemicals and toxins and things like that. So vitamin C, really powerful antioxidant, and that's something that you can take every single day in your diet. In fact, you should be including it nearly in every single meal because it is a water-soluble vitamin, which means you pee it out constantly. <laughs> I so, love that. <laughs> yeah. So you need to constantly boost it. You have to keep renewing it all the exactly. time. And you know, I, I'm listening to you there and I'm just thinking, all very good, healthy vegetables that you mentioned yeah. there and fruits as well. Yeah. Where do you stand on supplementing that with the vitamin C tablets? I remember as a child, the Halaborange, you know, the yeah. dilutable vitamin C. Are they of use? Some of them are, um, but more the high strength practitioner grade ones. So unfortunately, a lot of them are poorly absorbed. So a lot of the powders and the capsules are very poorly absorbed. So you really need to, there's actually one brand, it's called Altriant, and that has a very unique delivery system. So it is actually encapsulated in what I think of it as a fat bubble. It's a phospholipid bubble. And that means that it just bypasses the really harsh environment of your stomach and can be uh, absorbed really, really well into your cells. So it actually increases absorption by about 60%. Okay, so th that's your recommendation if yes. you're taking a supplement. But the message is, it's in the foods you mentioned exactly. there. Exactly. So if you are consuming a lot of vitamin C-rich foods all year round, it will actually reduce your risk for cold and influenza, you know, at this time of the year. Okay, so that's one, vitamin C. What else? Uh, garlic. Garlic is amazing. So if you can, uh, there's lovely locally grown garlic. I think it's Drummond House. That's right. Marita yeah. Varley produces it here just out in Beltray beside us. Yeah. Amazing. So I think she produces like four different varieties. So what you're getting there is not only the antiviral, anti-fungal um, properties of uh, garlic, but you're also getting the beneficial bacteria in the soil that it was grown in. So you're getting a, you know, you know bang for your buck there. Two for one. And, and when you talk about garlic, Rachel, mm -hmm. are you saying uh, chop it up and consume it raw and run everybody uh, from within a hundred <laughs> mile of you away from you? You know what I'm talking about? Or are you, are you, you know, when you incorporate it into your food dishes, stir fries into yeah. recipes, is it as good that way? Yeah, so it is good, but I definitely recommend. So, for example, if you're making like a bolognese for you and your family and the kids love bolognese. So when you're finished cooking it and you've already included your garlic in there, always grate raw garlic in at the end of the cooking process. 
and just take it off the hob and let it sit there because the raw garlic has actually got all of those beneficial antiviral, antimicrobial properties that I was telling you about. It will enhance the flavour of your meal and also add medicinal properties to it. So in any way that you can get garlic into you from putting it into your soups and your stews to incorporating it into um, things like uh, smoothies, if you can take it, or um, along with ginger as well. So those two properties together actually act synergistically with each other. So each one actually enhances the properties of the other. So it's really, really good. So the less you do with garlic, nearer to the raw state that you can take it, the better it is for you. Okay, vitamin C, garlic, come on, throw some more at me. Okay, so let me see, echinacea is another uh, great uh, compound. So that is something that you can get from a company called A. Fogel and they do it in uh, tincture, so it drops or capsules also. And that's really, really good. Uh, You could also think of elderflower syrup, So there's some great uh, herbalists that operate in Louth and they actually will do the extraction for you and create a syrup, which is beautiful to add to water and create like a lovely alcohol-free cocktail in the summertime with lime juice and or uh, mint leaves and things like that. So you can add it to water and that has really powerful immune boosting compounds. So elderflower syrup is really excellent. Uh, Then there's another South American fruit called Camu Camu. And uh, that has potent um, immune boosting properties. And that comes in normally a powder form, which you can add to smoothies. And where will you get that? In a health shop? Yeah, you can get all of these things. Camu Camu. Camu Camu, yeah. It has, it's a really potent vitamin C. And then you've got Manuka honey. So we were talking the last time I was here about local honey, which I'm a big fan of. Um, but Manuka honey is also something to be considered, especially if you suffer from any kind of respiratory conditions. It's very, very beneficial. But make sure that you see the Manuka honey logo on the pot because that's really important. So that would be the uh, unique Manuka factor logo. And it has to have a value or a score of 10 because therefore it is, uh, it's concentrated is strong enough to be considered medicinal. And I will remind you, having been a former beekeeper myself, that the County Loud beekeepers mm-hmm. have an active uh, group of members in the Wee County and yeah. they produce honey. Yeah. And, and I think of Owen McGillicuddy, his Lanlair honey is a locally produced yes. honey as well. And of course, the Royal County beekeepers in County Me, that yeah. wonderful people yeah. as well. And they have local producers. You, you said this to me before. Yeah. If you can get hold of that yeah. honey, yeah. it's the best. Exactly. And I'm a, I would be a bigger fan of that. It's cheaper. It's, it's you know, economically more sustainable for you to uh, use that honey honey than to pay maybe 30 or 40 euros for a jar of the Manuka honey. So definitely go with your local honey first because you're going to get those beneficial uh, factors, you know. Okay. Uh, Frankie's just been on. Keep those questions coming to us. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text us. He says he takes uh, wheatgrass powder every Mm. morning. What do you make of that, Rachel? Yeah, so wheatgrass is really, really good as well. Um, It's it's kind of like a blood cleanser, as I think of it, and it has a lot of immune-boosting properties. So is he taking it in capsule form or is he taking it as wheatgrass juice? Well, he might just let us know. Powder, he says. It seems to be a powder, so he dilutes it or mixes it with a liquid. I take it. Yeah, I mean, I would just make sure that you're getting the highest grade, highest strength that you can get because a lot of the time these things are mixed in with like other super green powders and it can actually dilute their effectiveness. Okay, so we've gone vitamin C, garlic, echinacea, elderflower syrup, camu camu and local honey. Would you like to add to that list? Yes, and, and last but definitely not least is probiotics. So probiotics are the beneficial bacteria that you want to add into your gut to help your gut bacteria to flourish and reproduce. 
So um, I definitely recommend uh, probiotics for those who might have just uh, been on a course of antibiotics. And antibiotics basically obliterate both your good bacteria and your bad bacteria. So once you've come or finished a course of antibiotics, you definitely want to take a really good uh, high strength practitioner grade probiotic. Are you talking about kefir there? Does that come in under that umbrella? Yes, exactly. Because kefir would have the lactobacillus bacteria, which would also be contained in prebiotic capsules. So it's the same thing. And I've seen kefir on the shelves of a very popular supermarket that I visit regularly without naming names. (laughs) But what do you make of that commercially produced kefir? Because I I, I know um, uh, Nikki Kyle, who's our organic gardener, produces her own and she's given me a strain of it with the nuts as well to produce. What do you make of the commercial stuff? Um, You know what? It's a great entry level. And I think that for those that might think, oh, that's a step too far for me making my own. Let's start by trying out the kefir that's also available in the supermarkets and also in the health food shops. Some brands are obviously better than others, but making your own is going to be far more beneficial because you're going to get many more strains. So if we do what you say there, ensure that we keep up our vitamin C's, the garlic, uh, echinacea, elderflower syrup, the camu camu, local honey as well, and the probiotics. Mm -hmm. If we incorporate all that into our um, diet and and how we live our lives and eat our food, you're saying that will position us best to see off colds, flus, etc. Exactly. Because it's going to boost your immunity, that you're going to have a very responsive immune system that's not over-responsive. So you want an immune uh, tolerance that's going to basically react to invaders effectively, but at the same time be able to deactivate itself so that it doesn't react to things that are not necessarily harmful to the body. Really good. Now, they're on already here on a campaign. People are asking us, where do we get the local honey? What are the brands we're looking for here? I did say to you, I do know in County Loudland, Lair Honey, uh, mm. Owen McGillicuddy, he produces that honey and uh, Owen is somewhere to go to. And I know his honey is on sale uh, mm. around the county and beyond. Yeah. Is there anybody listening in me today that produces local honey? If you're listening to us today in Mead or you know of a local honey in the Royal County, will you give us a shout? 1850-715-958 or 086-1800-658. By WhatsApp or text, and we'll pass on the information to our listeners on late lunch today. Rachel Graham is staying with us. I have a personal problem I'm going to talk to her about after the break, <laughs> so go nowhere. Nutritional therapist and medicinal chef Rachel Graham is with us on late lunch, and thank you so much. Keep all those questions coming to us. Uh, here's a comment from a listener My dad used to take a spoonful of cod liver oil every morning. Mm-hmm. What's Rachel's opinion? Cod liver oil? Yeah, so basically the um, omega-3 fats. So that's, uh, you know, they're anti-inflammatory and you're um, in, that's very closely connected with your immune system. So uh, very beneficial. OK, they say, says another listener, that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Would Rachel agree? Where does fasting come in? Breakfast then becomes lunch if you don't take it. <laughs> yeah, it's all about timing, really. So the uh, intermittent fasting, I think that that listener is referring to. So where you eat within a, an eight hour window and you fast over a 16 hour period. So pretty much overnight and have your breakfast later. So maybe have your breakfast around 10 and have your last meal at around 6 p.m. So fasting is definitely very, very beneficial. It really helps with uh, weight loss and with any inflammatory conditions as well. 
Are you better doing that, having something decent, say, around six o'clock, between six and seven in the evening, mm-hmm. and then leaving everything aside until you go right round to the next morning? Yes, absolutely, because you're allowing your whole system to do its own housekeeping, and that rest and digest process is then enhanced, and it means then that your body is actually able to busy itself with other stuff. Uh, would Rachel recommend eggs or porridge for breakfast? I suppose it's a personal preference. Uh, they're both good, I take it. Yeah, so eggs full of vitamin A, really, really important for immune boosting. And uh, porridge, uh, if it's not the quick oats type, which uh, has had, unfortunately, all of the fibre uh, processed out of it, the porridge oats are really, really beneficial because they contain a very important fibre known as beta-glucan, which is immune boosting. I know we uh, diversify here, but this is another area I know of your speciality and we're going to come on to this when Mm -hmm. you're back with us again. Uh, What would Rachel recommend uh, adding to my diet to help with hot flushes and other menopause symptoms? Okay, so those are known as the vasomotor symptoms and uh, really the best thing you can do is actually to reduce sugar and to reduce your caffeine intake because both of those are known to enhance those vasomotor symptoms which would be the uh, the night sweats and the hot flushes. But then there's lots of other things you can do as well. So you definitely need to include more what they call phytoestrogenic foods which would be things like uh, chickpeas and lentils, so more of those kind of plant-based proteins. I actually have a a brunch thing coming up this Sunday for all about the menopause. It's called No Sweat, The Menopause Explained. And I do a full nutrition talk and followed by all of the beneficial nutrients that I talk about in my uh, presentation uh, featured in a brunch. So that's coming up this Sunday. So if anybody's interested, just go onto my website under workshops and you'll see it. No Sweat, The Menopause Explained. And that's Rachel Graham Nutrition is the website. Yeah. It's a wonderful website, let me tell you as well. Oh, yes, the bee people, the honey people have been on County Mead. Yeah. This covered off. Bee-wise, Kilmessin, fabulous people there producing local honey. It's on sale in McEntee's and Kells, we're told. And you wanted to mention somewhere in Dundalk with the yes. local honey, yes? Yes, Country Fresh. It's a really fantastic local fruit and veg shop and they sell the local honey there also. OK, constipation. Lister on to say what can they take struggling a bit at the moment? Okay, so really fibre is so, so important. Um, We all need to increase our fibre. They reckon that on average um, we're only getting about 19 and 20% of fibre where we should be achieving about 35 grams of fibre. So uh, psyllium husks is a compound that you can take. You can just add water to it. You could include it in your porridge in the morning time and that will definitely help with mobility. Okay, so psyllium husk is what you're looking for there. What does Rachel feel about cinnamon? Is it good, says Marie? Yeah, a certain type of cinnamon is called Ceylon cinnamon. That's C-E-Y-L-O-N cinnamon. And that's available in pouches in the health food shop. Uh, Cinnamon is a known blood sugar balancer and it is really fantastic for controlling things like sugar cravings. And John's been on, he probably just missed it. We were talking about the dilutable vitamin C. He wanted to mention that again. Is it any use? You mentioned one... uh, Uh, Altriant. So it has this very uh, unique delivery format where it's, it's encapsulated in a phospholipid bubble or a fat bubble, which basically means it bypasses the whole harsh surroundings of your stomach and gets absorbed directly. Now, my personal problem, they're all waiting there with (laughs) bated breath to see what is this man going to say to this lady today? (laughs) It's only the bloody flu. Listen, I was floored with the flu the last 10 days. I mean, I never got a belt like this in my life. Mm. And my energy levels are still low, to be honest, which you mightn't think of today. But they are, they are, they really are. I've been resting a lot and just cutting out... uh, anything out of the ordinary that I would normally have been Mm. doing. Um, 
what can I do? Or anyone who comes through flu, what can you do to build you up again? What should I be taking? I definitely think that you should take a very intensive, like seven day dose of probiotics. And I would look at the BioCare range. They do a seven-day intensive. It's called Replete Intensive. And that has over 130 billion strains of beneficial bacteria. So that, I mean, you've just got to remember that 80% of your immunity is manufactured in your gut. So actually supporting your gut health is key to supporting your overall health and well-being. So by taking a high, you know, strength probiotic intensive course like this, especially after a really severe bout of illness that you had or maybe a a stay in hospital, that's exactly what you need, like a short, sharp shock. And then I want I would definitely recommend that you include a lot of fermented foods, really up your doses of vitamin C. And then there's lots of other things that you can do kind of to enhance your your energy as well. When you talk about fermented foods, what are Mm -hmm. you talking about there? So sauerkraut, um, kombucha, uh, probiotic uh, rich yogurts, uh, long uh, ferment sourdough breads, those kind of things. Okay, thank you for that bit of personal advice today that I'm sure will apply to a lot of people listening to the show. Mrs. Brown's RD for your local honey (laughs) says somebody else there. There you go. I didn't know there was a Mrs. Brown's in RD. Great name. Ties in with the old Brendan O'Carroll show, I'm sure, as well. But look, if you want honey, that's another place that it's available from as well. Come back to the gut health because we're hearing this more and more across the board that the gut is the thing that really dictates everything up and down this body that we're granted for a, a lifetime anything else we can do for the gut besides you know you mentioned the probiotics there mm. anything else absolutely so and I think trying to reduce your exposure to antibiotics um, is really important and that also includes um, the meats that have been you know uh, you know treated with antibiotics and hormones so you need to reduce your uh, consumption of meats uh, also spending more time outdoors so that your exposure to different strains of bacteria is is also increased and sleep is really, really important and being active. So being active outdoors, ideally, and then good quality sleep is really important. Both of those things literally go hand in hand because actually the more you exercise, then the more the better your quality of sleep will be. Um, And then just... uh, Let me see what else. I mean, obviously having a good diet, a good diet is the cornerstone. And a lot of the clients that I would see just because we're all so busy, they're really struggling with trying to eat healthily consistently because they just can't manage it. You know, they're running left and right. They're working, they're picking up kids, you know, and then they're just too tired. So actually meal prep is key there in in being able to eat healthily consistently all week long and always having healthy food in your fridge. So, um Very important. So the tying in of the exercise with the sleep as well, Mm. very, very important. Um, A listener, Paddy's just been on to us and said, Jerry, uh, would you ask Rachel on my behalf, what could a person take for continuous kidney infections? They're recurring all the time. So... um So I would say to look at things like, you know, cranberry, um, the... 
frequent infections like that could also be related back to your gut as well because it could be a candida or a yeast overgrowth. Mm. So again, looking at gut health. Um, actually, the best way to find out what your state of your gut immunity is is actually to do a dietary stool test. And that's basically required you to do some functional testing. And that can be uh, arranged by the likes of myself or other nutritional therapists. But what it does is actually gives you results that you know what type of strains that you have contained in your gut and what you need to supplement with. So it makes your whole protocol incredibly targeted so that you're not just kind of stabbing blindly in the dark with, oh, I think this might work. You know exactly what you need and therefore you're putting it into your gut in the correct doses. And that's very effective. And if you do that, it's targeted. It will work. It exactly. will make a change. Exactly. A huge change exactly. in your life. Yeah. There's another one in. I suffer all the time with my tummy. It's a gastro problem I have. Any uh, suggestions from Rachel? Well, okay, it's very vague. I'm vague, not really yeah. sure. It's what, a big, uh, wide yeah, question, you yeah. know. But, you know, in general terms, if you suffer maybe from an upset tummy, well, I suppose, again, identifying what's causing that. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, if it's gas and bloating and distension and, you know, reflux or any of those kind of things, all of that stems back to the balance of gut bacteria that you have. So being able to get the balance tipped more in your favour is so, so important, you know, because you basically, your goal is to have about 85% beneficial bacteria in your gut. It's okay to have other, you know, viruses or yeasts or other kind of harmful bacteria in there as long as they don't really go over that amount. But if you have that 85%, then you're going to feel the benefits of that. Uh, Cranberry says somebody else mm-hmm. uh, just there yeah. to come in another yeah. advisor there yeah. somebody else taking yes. Cranberry and, yeah. and, and reaping the benefits for, for that question exactly. there yes. yeah, so, so that yeah. underpins that for you yeah. now you mentioned what you have coming up this weekend and more information can be had had by going on to rachelgraham.ie the website but interestingly next year we're into January at this stage you, you, you're running these fermentation courses yeah so I'm very aware um, that the really good probiotic supplements are very expensive and really hard for people to be able to afford even over a three or four month period which is really only the length of time that I would recommend taking them. So I've created a fermentation workshop that is set out over three half day Saturdays um, in succession and you you will arrive in uh, in my house and we will make uh, different things every single Saturday. So we're going to start with things like kombucha with sauerkraut, we'll do apple cider vinegar and We'll also then finish up with a full day on making um, sourdough bread. So it's a okay. really, really great course. It's a full course, in fact. You yes. Know? And uh, so that starts in the middle of January. The 18th of January and yeah. runs to the beginning of February. We'll hear more about that and on. Just one more before we leave. Apple cider vinegar, yeah. uh, says a listener today. I'm 62. I take a drop of it every morning in a glass of water and I swear by it. Yeah, it's fantastic. So that also contains the beneficial bacteria strain, the lactobacillus. And it's actually really easy to make. So it's something that we'll make in my fermentation course. And it is fantastic. I would just, though, warn some people who I've heard and seen, literally lowering it and drinking it down like a can of Coke. You will literally burn your esophagus. You will melt all the enamel off your teeth. So just dilute it in some water, a tablespoon, and you can even add in a spoonful of your local honey to that in some nice hot water and create this wonderful tonic that you can have every single morning and even squeeze in the juice of half a lemon. Then you've got your vitamin C hit there and, you know, you've got a fantastic start to your day. Well, if that doesn't get you up and going, I don't know what to say. Thank you so much for the wonderful advice. We'll have them sorted. We'll keep them all healthy, I promise you. Check her out, rachelgraham.ie. Until the next time, thank you. 
thank you so much again. Thank you so much, Jerry. It was great. Joining me next is the Joint Chairman of the Irish Car of the Year Committee. Bet you never knew that one. You know him as our Tony. Tony Conlon, welcome back to Late Lunch. Thanks, Jerry. yeah. Good uh, to see I, I'm you. laughing when you say that. You think there was a... a oh, my God. You think there was a big check involved in it or something. We, 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 were, we were courtesy and never mind the crown more, more back hassle. on Netflix. Uh, it was a good event. It was a good event. When you were coming yeah. in the door. Yeah. Anyway, the runners and riders were revealed some time ago. Yeah. The winners are out there now. And I just want to talk to you about uh, the Continental Tyres uh, Irish Car of the Year and the different categories as well. Well, Tony, I have to say this to you first. The Kia Esol, right? was uh, nominated as the most efficient car of the year and then won the overall Irish car of the year. It actually won two categories. It won the EV car, the electric car. Okay. It won the compact car. Right. Then the electric and then it won the overall. The overall. Now, myself and Louise were having a look at it and Tony, well done to Kia. Congratulations. But it's a funny shape of it. Well, they had another one there called the Kia Nero. Yeah. which is all electric too. But I think what everyone liked upon... OK, say, why did I vote for it in the compact sec- segment and why did I vote for it in the E-segment, EV, electric So you segment? voted for this? I voted for it in two segments. I didn't give it my overall vote. OK. My overall vote uh, went uh, initially to BMW that didn't qualify with the 3 Series and then I switched into my final vote for the Peugeot 508. But okay. I did vote twice for the E-Soul and... What won me, and maybe a few people like me, was it's funky. It's just fun. <laughs> it's absolutely fun. It is a big square arse on it well, when you look at call it. Call it what you like, but but it is absolutely fun. It is beautifully finished, beautifully built, and it goes like over 400-odd kilometres on that battery, <laughs> which is phenomenal. Now, I know the Kona will do the same before yes. someone rings in, and I know the E-Soul or the E-Nero will do the same. But then when you look at the other vehicles it was up against in the electrical end of it, the Audi e-tron, absolutely fantastic technology, but up to 90,000 euro. The BMW, uh, they were always said e-tron, you had all the e-tron, uh, up to 90,000 euro. The e-nero was around the same price. The Kona is a little bit more expensive. That's why you got the edge there. The Kona was the initial car to come out there with 400 odd. It is a fabulous car in its own right, but price-wise and probably for the fun factor and the look, I suppose, maybe, and the build and all that, the e-soul got... Mercedes EQC, again, up 80, 90 grand. And the Tesla Model 3, 50-odd thousand. So this car is cost-effective, you're saying to me as well. When you talk about 90,000 and prices of cars, this car comes in at an affordable... This car... Well, I don't think there's any electrical car mm. affordable at the mm. moment. But even the new Volkswagen today, they give a hint. The ID3 is going to start off, it's a hint, about uh, 40 grand come the summer. Expensive. The, the e-soul is 38, 37 odd thousand euro yes. there. Again, it's expensive. But you'd have to you'd have to say that, that Ireland... like. I, I'd, be, I'd be very proud of the fact being that that we were different and it certainly made a lot of headlines that here for the first time ever in the Car of the Year Awards in Ireland sponsored by Continental Tyres that, that an electric car won. One. Now we're speaking here Ah, oh, Tony, how you know, many years uh, are we talking about this? Like we're going back to a time of a Leaf that would do about 110 yes. kilometres. Okay. And if I can go back further when there was a Citroen van and then we can go back to the old 
bakeries vans, the spicers and candy spread had. <laughs> Pizza lounges. You know, I remember them going yeah. around. Yeah, but, they had them. But it is, it's very interesting to see. And if, there, if you wanted to look into the future, it's hard to exactly say, but there is room for everything. I keep saying that. And battery power is improving. So this car has the range. Uh, I question the locks, but who am I to question the locks? You are the people who drive these cars, experience them. In, in terms of the price, it is expensive, still, when you look at, uh, it, at, it, at it but payback, Tony, if, if, if you buy this car. Yes, yes. And payback and you're able to charge at home your own charger at night rate. It, you're going to have a phenomenal saving. There's no yes. doubt all about that. And then if you look at the average, and they keep saying the average mileage a person does in this country is less than 50, 60 kilometres a day. So if you get the car, they were 420. I'm not going to do a hard sell on electric. I'm in favour of it in certain ways. Uh, the fact being it doesn't suit everyone. That's the only thing. Yes. It doesn't suit everyone. And our infrastructure has to be improved. Again, it would get my overall blessing, and that's the only thing to help me back a little bit. The overall blessing, the infrastructure. If I'm going to Cork, I want to be able to get a spot to charge. I don't want someone hogging that space, and I don't want all sorts of different bylaws from county to county. Okay, so it wins, as you say, in the yeah, compact. Yeah, yeah. It's won in two other segments, and then was voted the overall. Yes. Let's just run through the other winners sure. at the awards and where you stood on these. The medium car of the year went to the Toyota Corolla. Was it your pick? It was actually, yeah. Okay, yeah. so that that the Corolla, yeah. you're very. There's no prizes here for to the fact being that I got I got it right. You know, I, you'll see what I yes. got right and what I got wrong. Yeah, but okay. There's absolutely no prize, but the fact of the matter is, you you put your study into it. That, that car Corolla was compared against the E Nero, the Kia Pro C, the Mazda Three, Mercedes Benz B Class, Mercedes Benz CLA, and Skoda Scala. There was. Great opposition there. Mm. There's no doubt all about yeah. it. So uh, that's the medium. The large car of the year, and you mentioned it, you did switch your vote to this car. I know you love it, the Peugeot 508. I, I like the Peugeot 508, but I, I went for the, uh, the BMW 3 Series. Now, the Peugeot 508 was my joint second vote, let me say that. I went for the 3 Series because it is a phenomenal, beautiful car to drive, and the rear leg room has now the rear leg room it always desired for and called out for. I had it there during the summer, during the month, yeah. month, uh, the month of August there for about a week. And I really loved the car and I loved the economy of the car, the fact being it was diesel. And it was a classic, beautiful quality attached to the car. So that's why I went for it, because it has come on so much. I'm not sorry at all, the 508 bet. I'm actually, I take a bet by a couple of points. I'm delighted uh, it came out there on top two. But there was great opposition here. You had the Lexus ES, you had the Tesla 3, you had the Toyota Camry, the Volvo S60. Now, while we're on this, and, and this is an interlude from the car, the, uh, the yeah. Camry, you, yes. you, you've driven the new Camry. Yes, yes. Now, you remember the yes. Camry in yeah. its original version. Ab- absolutely. Go back 30 Night and day, is it? 30 odd years. Night and day. Then go back 15 years when the last time we had a Camry. And I, again, it is night and day. Back then, it had a 2.2 petrol engine. Now it's hybrid 2.5. Back then, you had... The, the fact of the matter was it, uh, the today's car is more of a cruiser back there the mainstay of, of the Camry was the Gardaí it was for chasing bank robbers that car it was a powerful powerful mm. car uh, where the today's is a cruiser and a beautiful cruiser what I like about the Camry is and the hybrid and the Corolla by the way it's in the ways is that to say the car will do X, Y and Z it will do that it will do it if you behave yourself. I clocked it into eco mode there and cruised. I loved the seating. I loved the build quality. It's a large car and they were very wise to bring back the name Camry because there's so many people with memories. And maybe you say, oh, look, I'm only 20-something. I don't remember the Camry. 
but I bet you someone around you does. They do. And it was a class act and is a class act today. Let's move on. The Irish Compact SUV of the Year. You're driving one. It's out in the car park. T-Cross, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I drove it already, naturally, in order to vote. And I... I, What you really like about the car, Jerry, is... uh, all you have to do is put your hand on the handle of the car and open the door and you said there's quality here and that's one reason of it. Then there's a nice small petrol engine there and this lovely interior and it's a bit funky and it's a bit futuristic looking from an inert style, yes. you know. It's nice. And, and the SUVs, there's three categories now in the awards. That's the compact, the Volkswagen T-Cross. The medium SUV winner was the Audi Q3. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Again, again, you're looking at quality. There's no doubt at all Beautiful about machine. A beautiful machine. It was up again some very heavy opposition there. We did get the T-Cross right, by the way, and we did get the Q3 right. So so one, two, three, four up and one second at the moment. So we're going okay. Doing well. Yeah. And then the large SUV of the year, say it, come in top here with the Turaco. Yes. Again, it's a member of the Volkswagen family. So you're at, we're after giving the, a lovely little bit of a spate there about the T-Cross and the quality and open the door. And again, about the Audi. And she looked, they're all cousins, you know, mm. so like they're rubbing off one another. I give the Turaco second. Uh, what did I vote for there at all, at all, at all? I actually went for Mercedes-Benz GLE which uh, uh, which I don't know where it came at, the, at that time but it, Turaco came second, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. that was your second yes, pick there yes. in on top. Yes. Tony Conlon's with us. We're reviewing the Cars of the Year. More to talk about after this short break. We're in the fast lane with motoring man Tony Conlon this afternoon. Pat's just called in, Tony, to ask you, why are the petrol engines so big in the hybrids? Well, big, I, I believe it's to do with the power-to-weight ratio and it's to get the balance between the hybrid, the battery unit itself, actually, and the, and the engine. The engines are usually, although they're big, they're tuned for economy. And what you have then is a combination of the horsepower, engine plus hybrid, and you come up with something like the Camry is 200-odd brake horsepower in that particular case. So uh, it's to get the balance right, basically, you know. Thanks, if it's a little Tony. engine, it wouldn't work too good, really. Yeah, back to the cars of the year, and uh, probably no surprise here, the Irish hot hatchback of the year goes to my beloved Ford Focus ST. <coughs> yeah, yeah, good car. But there was shadow did you doubt. vote for it? I did, I gave it second. Second, Great. I put Mercedes A35 AMG ahead of it, uh, just about, yeah. just about. I drove both cars in Mandela, and uh, Mercedes just... Better my uh, my account to put it number one, but I'm not sad by any matter means of the focus. It, it got my second vote. Okay, so it comes in top there. Yeah. Um, Alfa Romeo picking up award for the Stelvio QV that was in the luxury car. The was that a surprise? It, it was a big surprise because the Stelvio has been around a little bit. It wasn't just introduced last year, but it came on the scene this year because of some little handicap last year didn't show up or whatever. Now look, you're looking at a car here. A Ferrari power plant underneath the bonnet as such. There's no doubt at all about it. If you started in that car park outside and took off in it, it will turn heads from here to the shopping <laughs> centre in the town. Rattle the studio. There's no question at all about that. A fabulous, fabulous car. Almost up to €100,000 worth there. I actually put it number three and I vote for the Audi RS5 as number one and the BMW Z4 number two. 
You did well though overall, didn't you? You picked six number ones, three seconds and just one third. Your votes, you know, the, you, you were on, on the mark, Tony. I was on the mark. It wasn't on the money, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> if there was prizes to be got or I could have put it on Paddy Powers or something, I'd be, I'd be, I wouldn't be here today, probably, Jerry. no. The, the last one we'll just mention before... Uh, no, I want to mention commercial in a minute, but on, on the the others, uh, the MPV of the year, the Peugeot Rifter. And, look, it's one category the Little River problem with because the Citroen Berlingo Multispace and the Opel Combo Life and the Peugeot Rifter are all first cousins with different badges. You know, they just have different makeup on them. I went for the Peugeot because I drove it abroad to, to France there during the summer for a couple of days and I really loved it. The fact being, it's like a van conversion, but <clears throat> it's so practical for a family. There's no five-seater and seven-seater and it probably would hold its value a little bit better. So that's why I went for it. It's better known than the other two. We went for it and I won it. The commercial side, yeah. what happened there? How well, did you do? Well, I, w- I voted against the uh, European winner. The European winner uh, in 20, was it, 2019 and 2020 was the Citroen Berlingo Opel Combo and Peugeot Partner. Now, we know the Peugeot Partner is a massive great fan. We know the Citroen Berlingo is a great fan and the Opel is going to be that way now because Opel are out there. They're owned by the Gown Group now. They're, they're going to be managed by the Gown Group. They're owned by Peugeot, I should say. So I went to Gennett, and the reason I went to Gennett is because I drove the latest Renault Traffic. And the latest Renault Traffic had a beautiful new two-litre engine in it, and it had a beautiful seven-speed automatic gearbox. And I pictured myself there as the lad that's driving up and down to work every day, maybe bringing a colleague with him. The back of the van is full. They're getting up early. They're going to Dublin or whatever. They're doing a day's work and they're coming home a lebby to draw, a lebby to trim or navin or whatever. But fact being, they're out early, they're out late, and the comfort element, the power element was sufficient and the beautiful comfort element and relaxation the fact being it was automatic and even in commercials I believe automatic is the way forward you're working hard enough during the day give yourself a little bit of a blessing and relax when you're driving up and down so there you go. Uh, high recommendation there. Now you are going to review the new Renault Clio next month. Uh, it's a, it really is an eye catcher, isn't it? Yes, and it was in this year's car of the year. And be truthful with you, I think it was a mistake. It was too rushed because enough of people didn't get to drive it. Yeah. I drove it in Mandela. You can say it's that long enough or short enough. I brought it out for a good, I don't mean just in the track, Jerry. I brought it out into the countryside. It was our base in Mandela. We weren't racing. It was our base, I should say. And we were out in the country, the Calair Roadways in it. I would have kind of nearly left it to next year. I know we'll have the future 208 in there next year in the battle, maybe a few more. It would have been a marvellous battle. It, it, it's a lovely car and uh, do you know I know where there's an 18 year old one and I regularly regularly drive it and it's a bloody great little car the Clio the Clio gone back 18 years gone back 18 years you can imagine though this incarnation of this car oh, well it's totally refreshed exterior and interior it's uh, built on a new platform it's about 50 kg lighter it's LED lights stand across the range it's 5 star Euronap safety rating and you will have an E-Tech hybrid in 2020 and we have the prices which which is a little bit mar- marvellous to have them. Well, I had them. Yes, starting off for the Expression, the 75 version, at 16,990. Now, that plus uh, delivery, whatever else. 16,990, up as far as 25,190 for the RS line. There's a few, three different versions, four different versions. Expression, Dominique, Iconic, Ionic, and RS line. And again, different size of engines. But it's a beautiful looking car, yeah. Oh, it really does catch the eye. It certainly does. Now, um, the Kamek, uh, which is a Skoda, yes. you wanted to mention today. Why? 
Well, I want to mention to you, do you remember the Yeti? Yeah. Yeah, well, the Yeti was unusual. Do you know, the, the, again, let's see, this people didn't like the Yeti. Do you know, you're, you're going now like the soul here now, right? I'm going back to you're, the key and now yeah, you're bringing yeah. me back. Right, so look. I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> you know, the Yeti, I love the Yeti. Again, it was different. There's nothing wrong with the Kamek. The Kamek has a lovely front end. It is a mem- member of the Volkswagen family. It's based kind of on the T-Cross, same mechanics and everything else. It has a boot that will carry 363 litres of goods and a 1,360 with the seats folded. It's extremely practical, practical. but I would love Skoda if they were just a little bit braver there and kind of brought me back a new Yeti. It's, while there's nothing wrong with being too Volkswagen-ish, I'd love to see more identity in this little, but as, a, as an investment and in fact, being now the three, they have a trilogy of SUVs of the Kodiak, the Karak, and now the Kamek. And uh, they're well up there, of course, with SUV sales the way they're going. Uh, one litre engines and diesel versions there too for those that want want the diesel. But seven speed, again, automatic gearbox, so many different levels of trim. Prices starting 21,300, right up to 30,625. If you're in the market for a small SUV, see, to say the word here at the launch, uh, city, city, I, 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 I think I wrote about this car. I said, like, I wouldn't use terminology like that. If you're in Germany, maybe where you have so many big cities or France or England, but to use it's a city car in Ireland, it's like saying, when you say city cars to me, Jerry, it kind of tells me that if you're coming through Phoenix Park, the car's going to have a nervous breakdown when it hits the gates coming out to Castleknock because you're coming into the country. <laughs> or they have a hits a little pothole that have been drowned or there's a bit of a sign with a turnover. You want to be very careful to use city cars. This is more than a city SUV. This will go anywhere. This uh, Tony uh, Trim caller on to you who bought a Yeti and again you just after hearing what Tony had to say you wanted to know what you thought about it you've just heard the man himself sing I, its praises. I absolutely loved them and I loved them especially until they changed the lights at the front of them but I loved the uniqueness of them mm. and the go where anywhere attitude of them especially with the four wheel drive version. The Kamek is now four wheel drive by the way. We'll just finish today with Skoda again and the Octavia. You, you saw this car. You haven't just driven no, the, the no, new Octavia no, no, yet. No, I was in Prague there last week. Uh, lucky enough to be brought over to see it in a static form. It will be in here in the summer. I reckon it will be more expensive, but it is bigger in, in a lot of respects and uh, an extremely beautiful looking car. Yeah. So Octavia fans will be pleased from your cursory uh, looking at it and seeing what you saw. Absolutely. Uh, like we were allowed to touch us and into it and everything else, Jerry. But the, the whole quality aspect of it, again, like a bigger boot, a bigger inside, uh, technology wise, my God, IT, the, 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 the touch screens and everything on it is right, right up there. Again, again, you have this Volkswagen Audi family hall issue here. Like they're conquering the world, really, you know. What a selection coming our way. You've heard about most of them, the cars of the year from Tony Conlon today, but the year is turning shortly and excitement with the 201 plate on the way as well. And Tony will be back with us next month. And again, please, God, in the new year, each month to talk cars. Tony Conlon, until the next time. Thank, thank you for joining us on the show. You're very welcome, Jerry. I remember the day well. It was early 2014 when Lindsay and Paul Turner sat in the seats here in uh, the studio with me on late lunch and they told us about their little daughter, Alice. And at that stage, it was a very challenging situation, but they made the appeal and the campaign was underway at that stage called A Chance for Alice. We'll roll on the clock to today from that uh, December day in 2013, February uh, 2014 here on late lunch. Well, the rest is history, isn't it? 
isn't it? Because joining me on the show today, back on late lunch, is Lindsay Turner. And the young lady herself is here. Alice is with her. Hello, Alice. Hello. Thanks for joining me on the show today. It's really great to see you. Tell our listeners, this dolly you have with her, with you, what's her name? Blair. And where did you get Blair? In um, Chicago, in the American Girl doll store. Ah, you were over there at the hospital, were you? And you went there and got this lovely dolly. Yeah. She's absolutely beautiful, just like yourself, may I say. Now, I know today there's loads of people listening to you from family and from your school. Where do you go to school? St John's National School. And what class are you in? First class. And who's your teacher? Miss O'Hare. Ah, we'll say hello to Miss O'Hare today. Do you love school? A little bit. A little bit? <laughs> well, once you love it a little bit, it's not too bad, really, is it? No, not too bad. Not too bad. And tell us about you. Besides school and your lovely dolly that you have here, you have two sisters. What's their names? Kate and Megan. What age is Kate? Um, three. And what age is Megan? Six months. Oh, she's only six months. So you, you have two little sisters. Do you mind them all the time? sometimes and mostly my mummy oh your mummy mostly minds them is it and 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 do, do, do you get on are you are you friends all three of you sometimes <laughs> sometimes <laughs> well it wouldn't be a family if it wasn't like that would it no you better tell our listeners on late lunch today you have something very special coming up in the TLT theatre soon. What are you doing? I'm doing the um, TLT theatre um, near Tesco and I'm going to do Cinderella. Cinderella? She's in the Cinderella pantomime for Christmas, are you? Oh, yes. fantastic. Do you love being on the stage? Yeah. <gasps> There's nothing to beat it, is there? No. no. And all the people looking up at you? Doesn't yeah. bother you at all, no? No. Not a bit. <laughs> Not a bit. Oh, Mammy, isn't she just great? Lindsay, sure you is. must be so proud of her. Absolutely, yeah. She's a little star. When you cast your mind back to, you know, 2013 sure. and you faced a difficult time yeah, with this absolutely. young lady, uh, the campaign, A Chance for Alice, incredible, wasn't it? Absolutely. It's still... Uh, it, feel like it happened to somebody else when I think of what was done for, for my daughter in, you know, mainly in this town, you know, mm. in, in Drogheda and, you know, you'll forever be grateful and, you know, th- thank you will never be enough of a, of a word to say, but what else can you say? How much money was needed? Um, I think at the time it was bit of, just over 300,000. It's kind of a more of an estimate because yeah. we didn't know what the future held, you know. Mm. So, an awful lot of money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of thought to myself, I know other people had gone for the same treatment in Ireland, but you kind of thought, oh, there's no way you can raise this kind of money, you know. Yeah. It seemed un- unreachable. But what was she quickly. diagnosed with? Remind us. Uh, she was diagnosed in December 2013, just a few days before Christmas, with um, high-risk neuroblastoma, it's called. So it's a it's form of childhood cancer. Mm. So basically she was attending a paediatrician in the Lords for something else, a milk allergy, and she just noticed a few things she wasn't happy with and, and, and sent her for more tests. And uh, thank God they said it could have been another year before they found it. She just had an instinct that something wasn't quite right and she found it. So it was a, a tumour on the top of her kidney and it was um, the size she was only 15 months old and it was the size of a, a grapefruit and you know nobody could feel it or anything it was well well hidden but you know 
then it was straight up to Crumlin Hospital and that's when it all began. It all began from there and of course specialist treatment in America Yeah, she had to have. Yeah. Well, her, she had her main treatment here in Crumlin. Yes. They were fantastic. They were the ones that got her into remission. And then there was this trial in America. It was quite new. A few other Irish children had been on it. And it was basically to prevent a relapse because there's a very high rate, up to 50% relapse of norblastoma. And then there isn't much treatment available mm. um, and low survival. So they're quite good at getting them in remission, but <coughs> keeping them in remission was... Uh, was the goal then. So yes. thankfully Crumlin got so her well. and Crumlin did a huge... Oh, absolutely. And, you know, the HSE and everything, it was fantastic. We were never waiting for anything. She had excellent treatment up in St John's Ward and Crumlin. They were amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then America was where the follow-up happened and she's been yeah. over and back there in yeah. the intervening years. Absolutely. But she's finished now. Yeah. No more done. trips to the, the last States. last trip there in October, the beginning of October. So we are going to the hospital in Grand Rapids in Michigan. Yeah. And... She was on a drug called DFMO for two years to to help help keep the neuroblastoma away. And so far, it's it's done exactly what it needed to do. And she's just over and back then every few months for checkups and scans and just different tests as part of the trial. And but now she's all done. Mm-hmm. Thank God. When you look back and, and think of what you've been through, oh. It's as I say, it's just it's quite hard. You, you you sometimes forget when you're in the everyday life of things, you know, school and busyness and work and everything, and then you you know something something always brings your your mind back to it. You always just something will trigger a memory or something, and uh, you'll remember everything. You know, it's it's mm. quite surreal when you're in it. You just get numb with it. You just you have to do it. Everyone's like, oh, I don't know how you do it, but you you've no choice. You just do it and. It's, I suppose when you when you're finished is when you kind of step back and look and you're like Jesus I can't really what have we been through how we, have we, we come through this yes, how have we absolutely. managed exactly. because you know it it takes its toll you have uh, your family you sure. have jobs and yeah. I, I'm sure you mentioned the people who responded in monetary terms oh. was unbelievable but your nearest and dearest family yeah absolutely they're the ones that, you know coming to hospital appointments with you there with you when you're uh, you know, or you know, helping out with things in the house, or giving you lifts, and all that, you know, and there for moral support and friends. So that's mm. that's a, it's a good test of friendships and, oh. and family. I you bet it is. Uh, but today is, and this time is a wonderful time Absolutely, that she's yeah. now oh, the other side of this. And just look at her today, isn't she marvelous? Now, here, tell me this. I have to know this. Have you written the letter? No, not yet. Not yet. Are you going to write the letter to the man in the North Pole? I think we'll write yes. it soon before the tie show comes on. <laughs> oh, make sure it's you always do. The what would you like from Santa this year, Alice? I want um, a bike, an right. a Google Galaxy and a surprise. Oh, I think all that's manageable for sure. I think the man with the white beard and the red suit and the reindeers should be able to organise. What do you think, Mammy? Oh, absolutely. Oh, listen, for you, above all else, (laughs) a bike. Yes, absolutely. Isn't that brilliant, a bike? Have you got a bike already? Um, yes, but it's too small. Ah, yes, you're growing up now. You need a bigger bike. The dolls, the Goo Goo Galaxy and the surprise. Oh, I think there's going to be a great surprise there. So won't you get the letter done and send it away to him, won't you? Yeah. As soon as you can. Yes. Oh, do that. Do that for sure. Absolutely. She She's a picture of health, isn't yeah, absolutely, she? Absolutely, yeah. She wouldn't. really is, and Lindsay. She doesn't, you know, she's very rarely sick. We were told she'll have a 
bad immune system and she'll be catching everything. She doesn't. She's, yeah. you know, the rest of us could be sick with a cold and she actually wouldn't be the one to She's catch. a hardy. Yeah. She's it. a hardy wee one, isn't she? Yeah, she she's is. a survivor. Do you want to say hello to anybody now that you're on the radio today? Who would you like My to friends. say hello to, Alice? My friends. Yeah. Hello, Amelia and Emilia. Yes. And yes. anybody else you want to say hello to today? Laurel. Um, Laurel. Oh, yeah. lovely, She's lovely, a in America, lovely. Isn't she? Yes, yeah. and she has friends over there, I know, uh, as well. Yeah. Great. Well, listen, thank you for dropping into late lunch to say hello to us today. We're delighted to see you. And good luck with Cinderella the pantomime. Yeah. And Santi, you know, 25th yes. of December. Yes. Go to bed early, won't you? Yeah. Leave out a <laughs> carrot for the reindeers. Yes. And a little drink for them, won't you? Yeah. Oh, make sure of that. And once you do that, they'd be absolutely delighted. Yeah. I'm delighted. Yeah. I'm delighted yeah. to meet her today, along with you, Lindsay. And congratulations to yourself, Paul, Alice, Kate, Megan and all the family. It's a wonderful story. See you soon. See you soon, Alice. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining me. That's a lot on Late Lunch for this Tuesday afternoon. Have a lovely evening. Eddie's up next with the drive and we leave you in the company of Blondie and Maria. See you tomorrow, half one. Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Renault Runway event is now on at Blackstone Motors Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Save thousands across the range for the new year. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. 
When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.